Blog Talk Radio. Few 
dudes are rough, but they medulas they sharp, man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular schedule program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Welcome to Know The Less Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your host for the night, the brother Red Pill. We are doing a special broadcast for Know The Less Radio. Tonight we are going to be featuring our brother, Babanu Mensu, all right, the world-renowned author of God Genes Decoded, parts one, two, and three, all right? This will be a part one of a part four series for the family. Please look out for these special episodes. We are commencing Nodalez University. This is actually uh, the beginning of what we'll be doing in this new cycle. So just sit back, relax, grab your pen and pads, and prepare to receive some information, all right? So we're going to go ahead and go right into the show. It is only an hour, so the format is different from our Tuesday and Friday broadcast. We're going to get right into it. So um, let me go ahead and open up the line for our guest for tonight, okay? Brother Baba New. All right? So give me one second. All right, so call it from the 718. Six nine six. Peace. Peace, brother. All right. Just make sure you're in the uh, in the call queue. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Greetings. Um. All right, family. We want to welcome a very special guest to our show tonight. He is the author of three very powerful books that are making waves amongst the global spiritual and the elite community. As a high priest of Voodoo, by authoring a book, getting published professionally and distributed professionally, he is attracting an audience that is made up of some of the front runners of what we can call the Illuminati, the Brotherhood of Light, the New Age community, and many more. His books are on Kabbalah, which is a heavily guarded arena to work in, so he's coming with a particular message and purpose for many people who want to see improvement on the planet. So, brother, uh, brother R. A. Waldron, better known as Baba Numensu, can you introduce yourself to the audience and let them know who you are and um, where you're from? Good evening to the people out there. My name is my awesome name is R. A. Waldron. That's that is my birth name. Um, my uh, priest name, my spiritual name, my ancestral name is 
New Herimansa Ogun, Baba is a title that is given to high priests and priestesses of traditional African religions. I am a Baba Lao, uh, initiated in Nigeria, and I'm also an Ungan, initiated to the Haitian Vudan tradition. I hail from the peaks of Atlantis uh, on the island of, of Barbados. Um, you know, that is my background in this life. Um, I am a carry head priest of the ancient Egyptian priesthood, and I specialize in Kabbalah, and that's what my three books are about. So I am also an author and a traditional African priest, a shaman. I practice yoga, I practice Tai Chi, I, I do Reiki, um, me- meditation, and so on and so forth. Indeed, indeed. So share with the family and also share with me how did the uh the God genes decoded come about? I wanna I want the origins of that. You know, um I was really, really serious about learning, understanding and practicing the ancient e- Egyptian way of life and um you know, I, I found that, you know, what I was involved in it wasn't satisfying that desire. And I found that by doing, uh, you know, research, I found that I was in another box, meaning I thought it was leaving the boxing cage of the agnostic paradigm, but I realized I found myself in another box, a very limiting box. You know, what's really interesting is that when I was a child, I had this recurring dream of being in this concentration camp of boxes, and I was always trying to escape. So, um, you know, once I realized that I was in that box, I decided that I was going to take responsibility for, you know, getting to the bottom of the truth. And for me, I realized how important that was in terms of documenting it, putting it together professionally for for myself and for other people who are interested. And that is really how the God Genes Decoded, you know, came about. It has genetics in its title because I realized that what I was looking for was encoded in my DNA, and it's through uh, meditation, through introspection, and just simply um, allowing myself to learn with the realization that I do need to learn that the wisdom would come from somewhere within me through my ancestry and through my past life experiences which was encoded into my DNA and that's why I call the book The God Genes Decoded. Indeed, indeed. Definitely. Well, I see that you went on to author and publish two more powerful books and you have a distributor and you have your books in many of the black bookstores around the country, and you've partnered and worked with some really visible people in the entertainment industry so you could get into the content of the book to let our audience, I mean, so can you get into the content of the book and let our audience understand how this message of the book attracts success? You know, um, the message in The Guardians Decoded is a message of inspiration, and it's a message of uh, love. You know, well, I found that if you really pay attention to your creative talent, 
if you hone and, and develop it with what many are calling spiritual tools, psychic gifts, ritual health, and so on and so forth, then success is now a matter of application. Thus, The Guardians Decoded is a series of books that are purposed at demonstrating to the reader the tools and techniques necessary for success and how these tools and techniques were mastered by the people who created our universe. You know, the deities, the Loa, the Orishas, gods, the goddesses, angels, spirits, etc. Because yeah. I was guided by several de- deities, gods, and goddesses to promote love, to promote religious and racial harmony, I had no doubt that I would be able to get this book marketed and distributed. My major concern in promoting love, wisdom, unity, religion, Kabbalah, alchemy, health, wealth, and success techniques is that I'm giving the reader proper guidance in making some important decisions that will bring improvement in their life. You know, I remember watching a documentary on Buddhism in in China because I study other cultures, religions, ways of life, etc., to see their message and even to see how they're being properly represented. The yes. Buddhist monk stated that the role of a priest is to inspire. So, you know, um, that is why I think the book has been such a success. Mm. By saying that it's been inspirational and there's tools within the book that the reader can actually apply, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, um, people, life is not easy. Life has its challenges. It has its obstacles. So you don't just want to write a book with dry knowledge. You want to draw people in and you want to inspire them to apply the tools and techniques that you weave into the book. So the book will read like a novel, but it is inspiring you to use the tools and techniques either that you've already been using or that you are that you are not aware of. So do me a favor and just give our audience a few more examples of how the book helps inspire the reader. You know, writing is an art, like poetry, which can be classed in the same category. The master of the written word for relaying concepts that inspire the reader is one in which I take seriously. I, I I show that meditation, the generation of positive energy, and alchemy are some of the most important tools that the creators of our universe used and applied. If yeah. you're going to talk about magic, break it down in a way that the reader can say, I will try that, I can try that, that's not so difficult. In other words, inspire the reader to do something or to do something more than they were doing before, to even realize that what they are already doing is important and you should not stop. You should not give up because you have not reached your destination. You really want to be specific about inspiring people to continue against great adversity. And this is a powerful message in the God Genes Decoded Volume 1 when it goes over cosmology and the creation of the universe. Wow. Okay. So... How how exactly did you achieve that as a writer? And, you know, can you give us some clarity on how you were able to do that? You know, I started with the creation story at Anu in ancient Kemet. 
I did that because I I identify with the people, the culture, the greatness and success of ancient Egypt because that reality is hard to avoid, at the very least for me. When we look at the world's major religions, we ought to realize that they have had a success of greatness regardless of what issues we have with them. Does the fact that the origins of not only mankind but the world's major religions uh, and, and when I say origins, I mean that this particular group of people received their wisdom from the land of Kemet, Egypt. And yes, they did receive assistance from the gods and goddesses. And so they went on to build civilizations that have gone down in history and religious groups that are still of the major influence in guiding the destiny of mankind. As a student and practitioner of the I Ching, I know that what we call this culture, this way, and this wisdom lies in being inspired by the stories of creation and that the tools used by the creators are then applied. The cosmology at Anu is said to be the oldest story of creation by the Kamo, is said to be the foundational one. What we call enlightenment is now a practical application of the tools and techniques of enlightenment related to the creation of the universe. It flows down into Kabbalistic, religious, and spiritual doctrine. It is distilled and refined through print, writing, art, music, fashion, theater, entertainment, and it serves the role of furthering the beauty of creation in a realistic and practical way to the adherent, to the aspirant, to, to the neophyte, to the initiate, and so on, and so forth. Mm. Powerful, powerful. This is definitely a powerful book. You know, I've heard a lot of rave over the content. Yeah, it, you know, it's professionally put together. And, you know, the cover art is beautiful. It's well-structured as it relates the wisdom to the reader. And some people have called it fire. You know, the passion in the book pulls you in. So it's not a, you know, it, it, it isn't a dry read. I, I totally agree. That's why I asked you how you were able to achieve inspiring the reader. A lot of us out there want to improve our life. You know what I'm saying? It's not an easy task. And let's just be realistic. We see a lot of failures out there, and it gives us pause. It has negative effects, you know. Sometimes it has a positive effect as well. But, you know, a lot of us want a better planet, a better life. We want answers to these important questions that we have because it becomes personal to your experience, you know what I'm saying, what you're going through and your hopes for the future. So many of us are looking to alternatives or new things to try to make our lives better. You know, that could even, you know, for some people it could be a car, a house, uh, a mate. You know, do you see that, that this is important in reaching a wide audience to stay personal with the reader? Yes, it is very it is a very important realization in the creative process of writing when the purpose of your message is really important. Your message might be read by a CEO of a major corporation. It might be read by a pregnant mom in a ghetto. It might be read by a doctor, a lawyer, a school teacher, a janitor, a politician or a police officer. In the intimate details of me relaying the process of creation of the universe as a religious, Kabbalistic, and historical fact, I have to make sure that anyone who opens this book can say, wow, I really like this. 
I can see myself in this. It doesn't matter if that person is a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Buddhist, a male, a female, in the sense that you, unity requires you going there. And I truly believe that the creators of our universe solve those things in order to create this universe. Regardless of your religion, in your mind, you don't argue over whether or not the universe is real. And this helps in spreading the guardians decoded to a wider audience. And I really thought about that when I was conceptualizing the book. In that space, I will go to, by way of meditation, by way of yoga, chanting the mantras, ritual, and so on and so forth. My purpose was to resolve issues, inspire people, enlighten, heal, and all people need this. The next step, you can say, was to not just have a word, but a definition that people of any divided camp can be comfortable with. For this reason, when I see sales from coming from Japan, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Canada, meaning not just the United States, I know that I've been able to not just get the book marketed and promoted, but that the content of the book is its marketing and promotion as well because it's a really good message that is dear to my heart and dear to the hearts of all human beings who want to make this planet a better place. Indeed, indeed, you know. So, uh, you know, you really have to believe in your message, and I'm saying, and I can see that you really believe in your message because you've made the God Genes the code of the three-part series. You know, you stayed on course that, that, you know, that's encapsulated into a trilogy, a sequel, and you gained an audience that wants to know when the next book is coming out. And now you're here on KTL to introduce that to our audience, and I know that our audience is intrigued by spirituality, occultism, health and wealth techniques, solution-solving, moving forward. You know what I mean? We at KTL really believe in making a difference and, you know, presenting information that's applicable. If we understand the economics of that, and you've shared with me personally some of your financial success around the public, uh, publication of this massively put-together three-volume series. So can you get into uh, the Kabbalah and the Tree of Life for our audience just so they could get an idea of the use of the Kabbalah and the Tree of Life for improving your life as an applicable tool? You know, um, as a writer, a life coach, an inspirer, and a practitioner of alchemy, it's very important that the tools you are using work. The Tree of Life is related to success and to creation. It it gives a step-by-step structure of success. It's a template, which is where the word temple comes from. This is in the design of the Tree of Life. It's a crystal, and crystalline structures are beautiful, long-lasting, and have an enlightening vibration. This, for me, the Tree of Life is meant to inspire the importance of these things. Then we have the spheres of the Tree of Life and the association with deities and concepts that it proves is related to creation and to those techniques used. The Tree of Life also demonstrates relationships and the paths on the Tree of Life are the bonds and agreements with which those relationships, and it becomes esoteric, it becomes scientific and practical in that regard. I also show how it relates to our own personal anatomy, how we are constructed and designed according to this structure, meaning 
This demonstrates how important this structure is. It means that your own anatomical design, internal structure and processing centers should be tapped into, cultivated, and energized for you to move forward in life. The reader has to come to a place of appreciation, take, of appreciating, taking care of their own personal health and well-being, managing their relationships, which I address in Volume 2. Volume 1 is the big bang with the cosmology at Anu. Ra is that driving force, which is the birth of light, passion, ambition. Volume 2 specifically addresses partnering with other people to make this success work. Volume 1 lays that foundation of love down. It is harmonized with passion so that our success and want for success comes from a good place in our heart. Maintaining this will ensure that you have the best relationships with the best people, and it will help you to in understanding why some relationships don't work. You have to be clear and contractual regarding your success relationships. And if you have relationships that are not about success, then you should know that you're wasting your time and the time of other people. Then, the reality that you live in an already established universe and that love and good behavior is rewarded is very important when you're practicing Kabbalah. Thus, in writing about Kabbalah, you can't leave these things out. There's a code for success, and there's a code for engaging in the tools and techniques of success. And I can say that because I've been able to apply these tools over the years to maintain a certain standard of living against great adversity. The proof has to be in the pudding, and you the writer, the practitioner, the priest, the initiate, whomever you are that pudding. And you have to be able to show and demonstrate to people that what you're doing is working for you. Hmm. Indeed, indeed. I'm, I know that we tend to see books of all sizes and dimensions, you know, and the God genes decoded uh, the Volume one is a very, it's, it's a really thorough read for that serious student. And um, if you're serious about that academic side of success, which is always part of the process, then the guide genes decoded will definitely satisfy that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a personal. Uh, this is my personal testimony. I say that not simply because of the size, but the fact that the content progresses with more fuel for inspiration. You know, the, the book does not let you down. And introducing you to ever more inspiring concepts as you go along. So in the world of creative expression, we know as artists that you have to stay fresh. You know what I mean? Let's just keep it real. You got to keep the audience inspired so that you can achieve their goals and have success in their lives. Um, so is it true then, or would you say that Kabbalah has to do uh, has to do for this par- uh, practitioner? Now, this is a very important statement. And question, and I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Okay. You know, I I recently started working with a, a deity called Abraxas. You know, this is a deity that I mentioned in Volume One of the Guardians Decoded when I started going over some of the Gnostic texts. Now, the purpose of going over the Gnostic texts and the Dogon texts is to really help the reader to overcome their fears of venturing into what they perceive as other ideological camps. And I state this because overcoming fear and having courage is very important for success. 
is very important for transformation and evolution. This is an inspiring book about creation that seeks to bring unity for all mankind, but it, it inspires personally the reader regardless of the ideological camp, and it helps the reader broaden their horizons. Now, if you look at the I Ching text, it tells you how royals had to not eat at home in order to be great. You have to liberate your mind to avoid stagnation. This is something that Abraxas assists you with because he defeats death and stagnation. He helps you to triumph over death and stagnation, and there are times when our life falls into stagnation, and even death in the arena of progress and achieving our, our life goals. Because this is a natural progression of the seasons and cycles of the planets moving around each other, and because the tree of life is associated with planets, the reader can once again appreciate the wisdom because they see a process that they can engage in to improve their life. Everybody has a purpose. Knowing your purpose is important to achieving your goals. The tools and techniques that you choose to use are relevant to where you're going and whether or not you're going to get there. Appreciating tools and techniques that are not familiar to you is not an easy task. I want to make that task and that decision easier to the reader and to introduce it to them in a way that it can be effective, safe, clear, and efficient. This is why order is important. As a writer, you have a responsibility to your audience. If your work is not just creative, but it serves the role of guiding and teaching someone, then it's critical that this comes across in your writing. If your message is that important to the reader, then it will be demonstrated in the process of itemization. I knew this book was going to become a series. I knew that like cellular division, the God Genes Decoded was going to divide into subsequent series of masterful works. Let's be really clear here. There are tools and techniques that I am personally using. This, my, my love and respect for the reader starts with my love and respect for myself and how yes. much I care for my own well-being and my journey of success. We've been in an economic depression for quite some time. Does I chart the greatness of this book by its book sales. I know that those who purchase the book are making a serious decision where their finances are concerned, but that they purchased the book because someone who read the book said, you really have to read this book. And that is in my love for myself, which translates into my love for the reader. You know, this is this book represents a very integral part of my personal journey of enlightenment and realizing, coming to the realization that what we call enlightenment is about the goal for success. And then fleshing out what success is as opposed to what failure is. So I'm I'm not trying to be dogmatic and I'm not trying to be cliched. The book is what you can call Gnostic, is what you can call a cult. You know, the book is for initiates yet is available to the public because I want a better planet. I want better people. I want better friends, you know, so this, this this is my 
this is my love distilled through the book as well. Hmm. Excellent, excellent. Definitely. Well, I definitely uh am first of all I'm 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 honored, you know what I'm saying, to uh you know, have you on the platform just to share with our audience the importance of the book, you know what I mean, and what it means to you. It's rare that you you know, you get to hear a lot of authors speak so candidly and so, you know, uh masterfully about their about their craft and the and the work, the pieces of art that they put together. You know, and um I definitely look forward to uh doing more work with you. I definitely look forward to see the evolution of your work. I understand that you do have uh, a lecture series, a few lectures that you've done in the past as, as well, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, being that the community is multifaceted, we love to read, but we also love to watch lectures and things of that nature. For the family that's out there, um, just do yourself a favor and just be on the lookout for upcoming um, episodes that KTL is working on with Baba Nu as well some visual stuff, so we could bring to life a lot of the information that the brother's building on, you know what I mean, so we could make it visual and audio at the same time, all right? Do you have anything that you want to leave the family with? Um, I, I, I have so much that I want to leave the family with, um, I want to leave the family with the realization that family is one of the most important things in the journey of success. You know, I want I want people to realize and you can see this interwoven in all three, you know, of of the books that I have are written. You know, love love gets love as a concept and as a word it gets beat up on so bad. It gets abused so bad. It gets thrown around so much. But it is so critical. It is such a critical concept to, you know, learn, master, and apply, and to keep. Love is that hope. Love is that inspiration. You know, love is the most important reason why you try to do something great. You know, I found that love is the key to success. I see that on the journey of success because of how we, you know, look at what's going on on planet Earth. We think that planet Earth is the universe. We think that planet Earth is the world. And a lot of us forget that planet Earth is planet Earth. And mm-hmm. I had to make sure that I clarify the history of planet Earth in the God genes decoded because you don't want to start believing that you can do X, Y, and Z and that's going to be the key to success because that's what it looks like is happening with the people who are running things, meaning their behavior, their unconscionable behavior, their you know, uh, unloving or non-loving behavior. There's something behind it. 
not behind their behavior. There's something behind this. There's something above this. There's something beyond this. And you don't get there without love. You don't get there without healing. You're going to need healing as well. You don't get there without clarity. And you don't get there without the help of other people who are willing to work with you in a way that will bring about success. And that's what I really, you know, uh, showed, demonstrated. That is the line that I stick to. You know, that is where, that's my Armageddon. That's my last battle. That's where it all stops for me. You can call yourself anything. You can call yourself brown, black. You can call yourself uh, girl, boy. You can call yourself Muslim, Christian. Where it stops for me is what do you believe about how you should live your life and function to get somewhere in life, to move up. That's where the battleground stops for me. That's where I lay those laws down of love. That's where I really get into it and show in the God genes decoded. Indeed. Indeed. Excellent, excellent. All right. So, would you mind, uh, let me go to the small cues. I know that uh, we have a few callers. I'm not sure if anybody has their hands up. If there's anybody that wants to ask our brother, Baba New, any questions, you already know how it goes. Press the number one, and we will open up the calling your um your line and uh we'll get you so if there's anybody if there's anybody in the call queue that wants to ask the brother a question, just press one and we will accommodate you by opening up the line all right, and for the family who may have got on the call a little late, this is going to be a series. Of shows that we're going to be doing with the brother Baba New, and uh, this is a part one of a part four series. All right, so this is just the beginning of you know the information that our brother has to share with the family. All right, and I definitely want to thank you, brother Baba New, for your presentation. It was a uh, chock full of information. And well, you we know, definitely... let's talk about let's talk about Egypt. Kemet. Yes, let's. Yes, indeed, let's talk about Kemet. You know, um, my work centers on ancient Kemet. Um, okay. You know, ancient Kemet. Most most people, most human beings know it as Egypt. You know, um, the word Egypt is derived from the word Hekapata, the temple of Ptah. Um, Ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt is probably the most popular civilization and nation of people on planet Earth. Um, Yes, indeed. You have in some of the most... uh, well-known universities, colleges of the Western world, you have an Egyptology department. Egyptology, people get degrees in Egyptology. 
you know, me I want people to understand how important ancient Egypt is to humanity itself. That mm-hmm. the Western world is the dominant uh civilizations on planet Earth right now. Um they are the most military advanced. Um they have the best economic infrastructure. They have the best technological infrastructure. And in many of their top universities, if not all their top universities, people get degrees in Egyptology, meaning people get degrees in law. People get mm-hmm. degrees in, uh, you know, math and uh, science. People get degrees in sociology, in psychology. People get degrees in In music, uh, people get degrees in art, and people also get degrees in Egyptology, a civilization that lies on the continent of Africa that somehow it refuses to fade into the background of human uh, consciousness. Recently, there's been a show, I think it's called Ancient Aliens, it mentions ancient Egypt a lot. It talks about the pyramids. Um, it talks about I'm sorry, God. Say, that, say the show again. It's called Ancient Aliens. Oh yes. You yes, know, I've it's about, about the fact that we've been visited by people from other parts of the universe. Yes. Now, when you start to look at how much attention ancient Egypt gets from the most advanced academic institutions of the Western world, it would behoove you to try to understand what made this so, you know, what about their life, what was so important about their achievement. They produced better people. They produced people who had a higher moral standard, who had a higher moral output, and who had a very high creative aptitude. Creative aptitude is seen in their fashion. Creative aptitude is seen in the attention they give to their architecture. Creative aptitude is seen in the attention that they give to their medical system. You know, why did these people have such a high creative attitude what was used to sustain and maintain it? How were they socialized as a people to have such a high creative attitude? And when you look at ancient Egypt, you know, I I had started doing a show on my uh, channel. I have a channel called God Genes Decoded. And I started to, 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 to realize things like yachting, came from ancient Egypt. Yachting, when you go to Western universities, boat rowing is something that the elites do at these Western universities. Boat rowing, rowing teams came out of ancient Egypt. Yachts, yachting came out of ancient Egypt. Wanting a yacht, meaning the idea of wealth, the idea of being of not just being a, a better person, but the idea yeah. of having 
status, wealth, these things were pulled right out of ancient Egypt. Not just the ideas of government. The idea of government, the American flag is found in ancient Egypt. The red, the white, the that? blue. Wow. The American flag, the Star Spangled Banner, was not invented by some lady during some war. The What we call the American flag represents the nation of the entire universe. The entire universe has a flag. It's a flag that America flies. The red, the white, and blue. I go over this in Volume 3. It took me to Volume 3 to get to the American flag coming out of ancient Egypt and the world's three major religions are called the world's three major religions because they are. People just don't understand how and why. The red is for Judaism. The blue is for Islam. And the white is for Christianity. The 50 stars on the American flag are the 50 oarsmen in the Bodhara, the 50 gates of Bina. They are the 50 names of Marduk. We're talking about nationhood, nationality, having a flag, etc. We're talking about unification of peoples. We're talking about having... Uh, different systems for people to engage in based on their level of maturity, what they can handle, which is what the red, white, and blue represent when it comes to Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And that, and that, the fact that these three religions came out of ancient Kemet and they were unified and not divided, it shows that we have a lot of work to do as a people on planet Earth. Yes. You can, if you are scholarly enough or your research tenacity is good enough, you will see that the Arabic language is derived from the hieroglyphics. They just simply cut the hieroglyphs in half to derive the Arabic script. They just simply cut hieroglyphs in half. They, you know, cut them to derive the Arabic script. Mm. Most people know that uh, Osiris, Osir, Oset, or Isis, and Heru. That's the origins of Christianity. Now, when we get down to this red, white, and blue, they have three stars dwelling at the center of, of the universe, and, and there's a point when they spin and they look red, white, and blue. That you can actually, through a telescope, you can see these stars yeah. glowing red, white, white and, and blue. blue. And red, white, and blue in, in conjunction with very important colors in ancient Kemet as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is a whole lot of wisdom that we can learn from these people who were pioneering very, very advanced civilization at an early period in human history. And Kemet goes back way before 4000 BC. You know, oh, this is, yeah, this is one of the, you know, as we progress on this timeline, more and more is being re- revealed about the history of humanity, how long human beings have been civilized, building civilization, building institutions like schools and universities, doing things like yachting having barbershops, hair salons, 
fashion shows, theater, the whole nine yards. You know? And all of all these are all our origin. Yeah. All of this stuff originated in Kemet, is what you're saying, correct? Um I'm saying that at a very early period in human history, Kemet was on the verge of it and when we look at contemporary human civilization, yeah. it is drawn predominantly, it is inspired predominantly by Kemet. The style of the White House inspired by Kemet. Uh, the educational system in terms of having universities that are like many cities. There were universities in Kemet that had up to 80,000 students. Mm. 80,000 students, just one university complex. 4,000 B.C., 3,000 B.C., universities with 80,000 students where people would learn the liberal arts. The whole purpose of learning the liberal arts so a person can be a more balanced individual so that they wouldn't be what is being termed so-called autistic, meaning you should learn some music, you should learn some dance so that you can be a more well-rounded individual. You know, the whole art of creating a better human being through an educational system is drawn. It, it was mastered in ancient Kemet. It, it was perfected. And that's why these people have not just gone down in, in, in history, but they're not, being re, they're not being relegated to the backwoods of history. They are actually in the forefront of human history. Indeed, indeed. Um, I know that you speak uh, or you you build and teach about the Atlantis culture as well, and I don't want to really hop over Kemet and then jump into the whole Atlantean thing, but is there a correlation by any chance? Um, If you're talking about Atlantis, you're not hopping over Kemet at all. Okay. Excellent. at all. Um, it was a Greek named Solon who studied in ancient Kemet that was told of Atlantis by an Egyptian priest, yes. you know, by a Kerihed priest. And ancient Kemet was, you can say, ancient Kemet was modeling the ancient the people who engineered and designed the ancient Kemal, the ancient Egyptian civilization, they were they were drawn from something that is called Atlantis. Atlantis is a way of life. It's a style. It is like you can say a utopia. It has certain standards. It has standards for artwork and creativity. It has standards of excellence that is mirrored in the architecture and the institutions of a country that help to create better people. And that's what ancient Kemet was trying to emulate, you know. 
get yes. getting down into the you know bowels of ancient Kemet. Things like children having dolls. That is Atlantis. You know, children having toys for Christmas. The idea of Christmas comes from Atlantis. It's not a new idea. Can you explain that a little a little further detail? Gift giving at Christmas time is the celebration of the birth of deities like Osiris, Isis, yes. Heru, uh Nephtis, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the lady of Zion. That's what gift giving is about around Christmas time. It's the celebration of some of the earliest pioneers of civilization itself. Uh, the word Russia is akin to the word Orisha. And the word Orisha is derived from the word Osiris. The word Irish is derived from the word Osiris. The pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you know, uh, being gifted, uh, you know, winning something, being rewarded, um, you know, things that make people happy, doing things that make people happy. The word happy itself is denial. Yes, happy. The whole concept of being happy. There was a time when gay didn't mean homosexual. There was a time when gay meant happy. And if you look at the deity Hapi, which is a water deity, you know, the whole idea of Atlantis with civilization coming out of water, already beautiful. Meaning yes. that the beauty doesn't start when, you know, uh, land, dry land is achieved and, you know, sunlight is achieved starts before that. And this is what Osiris and Isis represent. They are mer people. You know, it's a mer person, underwater people, humanoid mm-hmm. with fish tail, meaning achieving civilization inside of water, evolving inside of water. Similar to the concept that we may read about mermaids. Yeah, like Yemaya. And the Dogon talking about the uh, the amphibious uh, fish people, people and things of that nature. The Nomo Anagono, the fish people, the water people. And how ancient and original the water people are. So when you look at Atlantis, Atlantis originally in its most ancient time is underwater civilization. Achieving civilization inside of water. Very, very interesting. So do you agree with uh, different scholars and different, um, different authors when they state that Atlantis was destroyed and it is of no more? Yeah, in terms they refer of to it as a lost civilization. Uh, pardon me. They refer to it as a lost civilization. Yeah, in that sense. But 
Atlantis types of civilizations are still under the water. When you're in the tradition, you get to learn and experience this personally. You know, it's not 100% gone. That's why you have gods and goddesses like Yemaya, like uh, Lassie Ren, like Agwe, because they still have underwater advanced civilizations on planet Earth. Now, Atlantis is a way of life and type of civilization that was all over planet Earth underwater, around the equatorial belt in the warm waters. Yes, because I wouldn't, you know, when you think about it, when we're talking about the waters and, the, the you know, being that the majority of the planet is covered in water, uh, you know, I don't think that there are demarcation lines or it's not like the same way that we may approach visiting different states where there are imaginary borders and things of that nature water flows and it travels and it moves around. So, you know, I would I would it's it's more understandable or understandable that these uh civilizations or cultures were moving, you know, all throughout the planet. You know, as opposed um, to being, you know, landlocked. Yeah. When you look at the costume and regalia, the clothing type of the uh, deities, even angels, you will see like scales. They have like fish scales, especially by their torso area. That is to align themselves with the ancient, original uh, Atlantean type of civilization. Now, it's very important that when you talk about Atlantis, you talk about the beauty, you talk about the cleanliness, you talk about it, the goal and and our dream, you know. Um, you talk about the health aptitude that these people had. You know, beauty was very important. Health was very important. Cleanliness was very important. Smelling nice was very important. Fashion was very Important, dressing neat, dressing your best, looking your best, speaking uh, professionally. These are the things that mark out an Atlantean civilization and an Atlantean people. Being very professional, uh, having high academic aptitude. And when I say I'm from the peaks of Atlantis, in yes. in Barbados, you see that it is obsessive about academic attitude. It needs the, to well, be more. Pardon me. No, I was saying that real quick because the time for the live stream is running out. I just want you to share with the family your contact information again. Um, you can reach me. Uh, at Egyptian Voodoo Priest at gmail dot com E G Y P T I A N V O D O O P R I E S T at gmail dot com. You can find the God Genes recorded on Amazon dot com if you want to get a copy of the book. My contact information is within the books. Um, I do 
I counsel people. I do, you know, uh, I do what people call spiritual work for people. I consecrate shrines and deities from many different traditions for people. Uh, I make talismans, what people call jewelry, but they're actually consecrated with the car and spirit of different types of deities to bring positivity into people's life. I also do divination. So, you know, if you want to reach me, um, you know, you, you can reach me via email, Egyptian, E-G-Y-P-T-I-A-N-V-O-D-O-O, priest, at gmail.com. Indeed, brother. I want to thank you for this monumental episode. Uh, it's very rare that within an hour we have so much information filled into one hour. You know what I mean? It's a chock full of info. I'm going to have to go back and uh, dissect a lot of the information that you was dropping, you know what I mean? Because you definitely was bringing it. So um, I look forward to part two, part three, and four, you know what I mean? And uh, once again, I do want to thank you, brother, for, you know, taking time out of your schedule and joining us tonight for this uh, monumental episode. Thank you very much for having me on KTL, which is probably the most popular show in the conscious community. The wow. most popular show. I am honored to be on KTL. Indeed, brother. Likewise. All right. So for the family that joined us tonight on the whim, I want to thank you for everybody that showed up. We got family in the chat room, uh, PT, Premier, Tremar, uh, and a few other family members. Uh, I definitely want to say thank y'all for, you know, rocking with us. Uh, we will see you on Tuesday and also Friday. And we will also see you as we conduct our part two interview with the brother Bob Anu. All right? So, once again, peace and love, love and light. Hopefully everybody's weekend uh, is going uh as great as all of our weekends are going, and we will see you next week. Hotel. Peace.